This is the business of life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. So, Jan, I want to speak to you today about body image. I mean, like, uh. I, you know, I know, right? Like, how often do we? We're so hard on ourselves. First of all, nothing's ever right. You know, media tells us, you know, we're got to be. I actually tweeted about this again the other day. Like, you know, first big butts are in, then small butts are in, then penciled eyebrows are in, then full eyebrows are in, then you know, like big hips, small hips, big boobs, small boobs. Like, I, honest to God, no wonder we have. <laughs> hey, problems. everybody, do we have your attention? Because <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. It's and a it's big not topic. Easy. It no. is a big topic. It's as big as your butt topic. I went to a fitting for my new show under new management. So I went to a wardrobe fitting. And, you know, which the, I hate, I, which are so the, depressing the best of days. So they, you know, you have 20 wardrobe changes. So I've got to do 20 outfits. And so she, you know, the stylist comes in with racks and racks and racks of clothes. And I hadn't worked with a stylist before, but I'd sent her kind of my sizes and, and what, you know, dimensions I was in order to be able to get them. So I was feeling that. And I was feeling pretty confident that I could fit into the sizes I sent her. And so she, we start trying on clothes. And I was just every outfit getting more and more like going, oh, my God, I have so much more to do. Like, that's how I thought. I didn't think about how far I'd come. I kept thinking, ugh. Ugh, like I still, I still don't fit into everything I want to fit into, and and it just it made me just stop and think about how hard we are in ourselves about our bodies, but how important it is for us to feel good about ourselves and our bodies. You're blue because the clothes didn't fit, but they're probably in completely different sizes than you were even six months ago, Arlene. Because I've been watching on social media, busting your ass literally with your trainer and making so many changes as far as what you're eating and how you're approaching life in general. We're sitting here right now eating candy. Uh, yes, we have candy. I just said I had an ice cream cone. But other than that, I mean, I brought in some, they're they're gummy things. (laughs) Other than that. Designer size eight is not normal size eight. So you go in like, when did a size eight really be a size two? Sizes don't mean anything for one thing. Well, I know, but that's how we, and, and that's unfortunately how we, we um, define ourselves. Oh, I'm a size eight. I'm a size six. I'm a size two. I'm a whatever the size is. I'm a size fourteen. Who cares what you are? But the point is, is that clothes and clothing designers, especially high fashion designers, their larger sizes, an eight or a ten, is really a four and a six. You know, Lena Dunham is she's she's been such an advocate for body shape, and she had an Instagram post the other day that I thought was really, really. Smart, really brave. She showed a picture of herself standing on a sidewalk in New York, you know, dressed in exactly what you said, the designer clothes. She was 135 pounds, she said in this Instagram post. And she said um, it was a one of those split side by each pictures. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it was Lena at 30 pounds later, 165 you know, carrying her Starbucks drink in her hand and, you know, her shoulder bag and in comfortable pants and a comfy top and obviously looking very much larger and saying that she was happy, that she was finally happy at that with the larger, the after picture. The before picture, you know, ironically was of the thin girl. Whereas opposed, we're very used to seeing the before picture being the big girl and the double chins. And, you know, I'm very used to that, all those pictures. Um, I've got a lot of them myself. But I just found it very interesting that she 
basically said she starved herself to be in those pants, in that shirt, in that blazer. And at what cost? I mean, what are we, why are we doing it to ourselves? And who exactly are we doing it for? Okay, so I here's a question for you. Answer honestly, as okay. I know you will. When you were larger than you are today. I was a very fat person. Did you not say, but I'm happy? I, I, I felt like crap. But honestly, I've never been the type of person to walk past a mirror. I was never hard on myself. That was part of my problem. I think people have seen me in my career over the last 25 years. I have been from size 6 to 14, like easily. Sometimes within the course of a couple Dolce of years. Dolce & Gabbana, size 20. I Yeah, I would have been Dolce <laughs> & Gabbana 39. <laughs> that, that would be their size 4. But I, I just, um, you know, I, I looked in the mirror and I had been drinking so much alcohol and I had been like doing that thing where you're eating once a day and, you know, carving it up because I felt terrible. I was trying to get ahead of the day because I was usually hungover. So I would be doing carbs. I'd be doing something fatty. I'd be doing, you know, a sandwich, fast food, something to get even with the day. It was just such this vicious circle. And then by the time I started feeling better, you know, that my hangover was wearing off 40 hours later, sometimes 70 hours later, I would start, I would start you know, having a few drinks again and thinking, oh, I'm fine. And I haven't had a drink for a couple of days. And um, were you were you saying, but I'm happy to people? People would say, what well, would you? But have- I was I was always a very gregarious, happy person. It wasn't, so it wasn't really your weight. It wasn't. Your it, weight. it really wasn't That's- that. I mean, I and I'd heard every nasty comment in the book. I remember these radio disc jockeys. Um, we're talking, I just happened to be listening to the station. I wish I knew what station it was because I'd tell you, but it was these two DJs and they were talking about a Juno party that had happened the night before. And I, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but they made a big kerfuffle about it because these people showed up and they couldn't get into the party. I think it was someone very famous. And they showed up at this Juno party and the doorman just said, listen, we're full. We can't fit any more people in there. And then the woman DJ said to the guy, oh, it was probably because Jan Arden was already in there. And what she meant was she was pertaining that I was so fat that they couldn't fit anybody else into the building. So I'm in my car hearing that, and yeah, it did hurt. That's, that's And I got a lump brutal. in my chest. That's brutal. And it wasn't something that I didn't know. I thought, no, I'm not this felt slender girl. I'm not. But I always felt like I'm really great at what I do. I'm smart. Um, I think I'm relatively attractive. You're beautiful. Um, well, it's, you're very kind to say that, but I never – I heard the comment. No, and it's not a, actually that kind. Oh, okay. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Okay. Well, thank you. And but I just I just remember being in my car going, "Oh god." And I thought, "You guys are mean." But then I thought, "Well, you're just it's probably something I would say about someone. Maybe I would be making a comment like that." But it's weird to be on the on the other end of it. So I was talking to my hairdresser today, and she said to me that um she was dismayed because one of the gals in her shop, who was 20 years old, was going to get uh, breast surgery and was going to... Bigger or smaller? Uh, bigger. And, okay. and was going to... And was doing a bunch of stuff, uh, Botox and a lot of stuff to make herself, you know... How old was 20. Oh, 20. And, 
And I and she said, you know, I should I and I said I don't understand it. I, I I worry about it. And she said, but I know it's not my body; it's her body, and we'll have to let her, you know, do the things that she wants to her body. And I said, well, that's that's kind of it. That that's the crux of it is that we all have to allow ourselves and others to have the body they choose to have. And sometimes, sometimes people, you know, they stress eat. They eat because they they are they're bored. They they're looking for comfort they're looking for you know something in the food that you know sometimes people just love to eat because they love food and you know there's a notion that you should live to eat not no you should eat to live not, not live, live to, to eat. eat and i think that is in a food society and a, a society where food oh is my easy gosh, to get such and, a foodie society i know the food network and yeah. gusto and and all these culinary channels now but I mean, what what ha, what have we done as a society, as a group of women, as you and I being in, in these matriarchal positions now? What have we done to not show that that twenty year old girl that she is a not finished growing, that she really hasn't even become a person yet? And I say that with love in my heart. I really think by the time you hit forty, you're kind of getting how to be a human being. You're finally kind of getting your head around who you are, what you like. You know, hopefully you've got uh, your 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 heart around what makes you tick and what kind of work you should be doing or are doing. At 20, to be augmenting your body and making it something, I mean, she's really seriously not finished growing, Arlene. Yeah. She's not I mean, we finished. Talked about she's this, not... We talked about this the other day. So I have a, th- and I've been thinking a little about, about what you said. You said that last uh, something similar. We were talking, and I was saying that we were talking about relationships and how I twenty. You can't possibly and it's know, true. Blah, blah, blah. And I will, but I will say I know it again. Some pretty, really amazing twenty-year-olds who are s- very mature in one area and very immature in others. Right? Like in term, immature, not meaning mm-hmm. not meaning immature as in making you know, like being acting six years old. Immature in terms of experience and knowledge and and depth of understanding. But yet, very mature in terms of the specific thing they do. I like the, I watched a show on sixty Minutes the other day, and some gal that's twelve years old is writing opera and musicals and and writing concertos and rewriting Mozart, and she like she's ab- absolutely brilliant as a musician. She is absolutely still a twelve year old mm-hmm. in other in areas. other areas, right? And I think that's so. Maybe you know, do you know at twenty that you want to make your boobs bigger? I don't know. Like I. I don't understand it, but I don't have to, I guess. Like I said, I don't know what we're doing as a group of women, as a tribe, to encourage each other and to cheer each other on. I, I think altruism is a dying art. I don't think we help each other as much as we should. Um, I've talked about this many times before in, in my own career. You know, people will often talk to me about, oh, coming up in the music business, you know, did you have a difficult time, you know, with men and was, you know, the whole Me Too movement, you know, people have asked me about that in, in music and was that your experience? It wasn't mine at all. I was very fortunate. But I also was kind of a savvy young woman. I didn't buy into that. Not that, not that that's an easy thing to avoid. It's I don't want to make light of the fact that women have a very difficult terrain to navigate in business mm-hmm. and in the music business and in the entertainment in business mm-hmm. and in life. But for me, the most opposition that I faced was from other women. 
um, with my body image, with weight loss, with my hair, with, um, you know, always trying to make me into something that I wasn't. We've been discussing body image and happiness, and that got into drinking and how much alcohol can negatively impact your body and your mind. You know what? It's funny. I got to tell you. I mean, this is it's related. I didn't even know you drank too much until you told me you drank too much. Mm-hmm. I would never, because I, I don't, I wouldn't have not judged you for that. I, I, in fact, I all the times we were together, I don't remember you ever over drinking. I would drink when I got home. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're drinking differently. Well, yeah. that's a whole other different problem, yeah. right? But you, I was very careful. You were careful. Sometimes I would drop the ball and I'd be, you know, hammered. I mean, you can ask people that you know used to work with me. They, they, you know, they would worry about. Oh gosh, how is Jan gonna? be tonight and that's sad for me to think about and I was one of those people I just wanted to live my whole life in one single day yeah and I I personally do not have the switch that goes off in my body that says that's enough yeah I am long gone drunk before I you know then I then I can see it on people's faces I remember in my drunkenness seeing people's faces going don't drink anymore they're hi- literally hiding wine from me or um, hiding my keys and I didn't know that. Um, and then when I when I turned 50, so six years ago, I really cut it back. So at 50, I just went, this is it. I was just hating everything. I just didn't feel good. My parents had started getting sick. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got to get myself together because I have to look after them. Yeah. So there's good things come out of bad things. So that yeah. was something good that came out of my parents' declining health is that I realized I had to look after myself better. But anyway, long story short, I maybe had one or two drinks in a week for three or four years. And then I still had social occasions where I just blew it out. And then it would take me a week of shame to recover from it and embarrassment and things I'd said and um, things I did. And I just thought, this isn't for me. My dad was a drunk. My mom's grandfather was a drunk. My brother's been in jail for 25 years for drugs and alcohol. I mean, genetically, I have to be mindful of it. I know that yeah. sounds like a joke, but I, I think no. there's something to it. But, you know, that sobriety that you embarked upon happened at the same time that you went on a whole health and wellness journey for yourself. Yeah, one in, in one general, thing helped the other. One thing helped the other, right? Because mm-hmm. I think... You know, we. I I know when I have. If I have had too much to drink, I will eat more than I should. Like my 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 self control. Well, yeah, your body just doesn't feel good. So you're you're always trying to kind of to even the day, right? Maybe. I mean, if I just have a couple drinks and then somebody puts something bad in front of me, I'll eat it just because it's there. Well, you, you're less inhibited. Yes, you're less inhibited. So I think. I know. I started off saying I didn't. I wasn't happy about the wardrobe. I mean, I still, I'm, I'm thrilled that I've, you know, lost weight. I'm happy that I've lost some inches. But I, it just told me that it's not about a diet ever. It is about a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. It is about a journey of measuring, not being down because of that and then letting that influence you the next day you get up and you just start not doing the right thing. You have to every day tell yourself to do the right thing and work out. And you know what? That's the hardest part. The hardest part I have is putting on my darn exercise clothes. Like I, I can sit in bed and I go, oh, I don't work out. I don't work out. And then I think, okay, Arlene, just get as far as putting on your yoga pants. 
Put on some underpants. Yeah, get up out of bed and brush your damn teeth. I, and as soon as I put on my, as soon as I put on my, you know, sports bra on my, it's like your Wonder pants, Woman power. It, it a little bit is, and then I go, okay, now I can go do it. Mm-hmm. But until that moment, I can lay in bed. I can have a conversation with myself for, you know, twenty minutes. <laughs> tell myself how, oh, maybe I'll do Welcome it later, or I don't really want to do this, or whatever. Motivation. And then I remember how good it makes me feel. And I watch your workouts. <laughs> What's his name that works Mark, with you? Mark. Okay, I want to murder him. <laughs> he's just like your face is like red, and you're like running stairs, and he's got you doing ridiculous things with this and that. And I'm just like, oh my god! But you know, it's funny how you you talk about you know how hard you are on yourself. What I see, and what every single other human being, men and women that meet me, know that I that we're friends. What's Arlene like? Oh my god. <laughs> Like, how do I, how do I, you know, what I wouldn't do to go for lunch. You, she is one of the people that uh, is on my dinner list or my, my dream, you know, dinner party list. Yeah, well, (laughs) and, you know, that's the whole perception because everyone sees you as this, Arlene, such a force to be reckoned with. And I guess that's, you know, what we're talking about today is how, what we see in people, like, an old friend of mine who I just thought was the most beautiful person in the world had the the lowest self-esteem and the lowest amount of confidence in anyone I'd ever met. And here you are, this literally, you, you are a human, just a wrecking ball. The way you do business, the way you, all the speaking engagements that you do that are encouraging people and mentoring you know, men and women. I, I've seen you in your office. I, I loved going in and, and speaking to your, your staff that one day here in Calgary. And everyone just looks at you like, what do we do now? And then here you are sitting across from me and and being really difficult with yourself. And I guess that's the quandary. What? Why are we doing this? What? What is it? What is because life isn't perfect. Because life isn't perfect. And I think if we weren't always pushing ourselves to... To do, do and be more. And if we always thought we'd accomplished everything, then we would never strive for what's next. Or we never would expose ourselves to to challenge ourselves. And I think life is a series of, you know, I'll tell you what. If somebody said to me, Arlene, go, the rest of your life you get to sit on a beach and you don't have to do anything. You can read books. You can do nothing. Well, somebody, somebody, you know, will bring you a mai tai every hour. You know, when your glass and some out. nachos and some nachos. Um, I would. I, I. I can't even. I might be able to do that for a day or two max. Oh, I couldn't do. And it. then I would just go. This isn't what life is meant to be. Life isn't meant to be a ride out into the sunset. Life is meant to be the. It's, it's meant to be conquering the storm, and it's meant to be going through the dark times, and and it's meant to be challenging yourself to to be better. La, 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 la. We're back from our 40K run. <laughs> okay, kidding. We're just here talking about the real struggle of finding time to work out and actually working out. Is any part of what you're doing as far as getting your body into better shape, does it have anything to do with meeting someone? Does it have anything to do with sexuality or being more or perceiving yourself as being more desirable to the opposite sex? Like, does no. any of that play? Okay. No. I can I can look you in the eyes and say absolutely okay. not. Now, if you'd asked me that question five years ago. What's the difference? Um, 
I think I feel like that ship has. I, it's, well, let me let me finish my thought. Don't get mad. Not mad. I feel like I don't. That's not how I define. Like I used to would say, oh, I, I being a couple is that it helps define you. It it makes your life more full. But now I say, I'm like ninety eight percent happy. And if I met somebody right now. And I and that had all the challenges of meeting somebody. I don't know if I would want to take that risk on for that extra two percent. And that's how I feel. Like I feel like I've got ninety eight percent happiness level in terms of everything. You became the man you wanted to meet. I became the man I wanted to meet. No, I became. <laughs> yes. Who like, ne- do you know what I mean? Like, you don't. You don't need to be looked after. You're look looking after yourself. But that's okay. Companionship. I had a great conversation with a girlfriend this week about this very topic. Okay. So she is in her mid forties. She's absolutely stunning. She is, and that shouldn't be the okay. First of all, you know what? That shouldn't be the first thing I say about her. Let me let me go back on that. She's forty five. I'm sorry. Which also isn't what is I should important. say. No, the very first thing I could say is I I, I have a friend who is incredibly intelligent. Very sympathetic and empathetic. That's not how we talk, though. I, I'm, but I'm telling you, this is part of the challenge. Is okay. we start with age, appearance, and and mm, body. Okay. And I'm just going to tell you that this is a woman who is, she is accomplished in her career. She is a she is a kind human, and she has so much to give. And she's she is single. in her mid forties. She is uh, she is beautiful. She is very fit. And she's single, and we started talking about, you know, why is it that at, at her stage and my stage, what is it, you know, because we both get all the time, oh, men find you intimidating, you're intimidating, you intimidate men. And you know what it is, is that we don't, what are they going to, if I dated me, what are they going to give me? They're going to say, and, and men need to feel that they're going to, I think men need to feel they're going to do something for you. In some way, they that men are the hunters, and, and I'm sorry, and this is very, yeah. I'm, you know, we're I know, going back I know a few thousand years, back, but the, but they but the whole That's notion true. they want the providers, they want and provide. that is the social stigmas of role playing. It's so right? stupid, but that but that anthropology of mankind Those are our roles. continues to come forward in mm-hmm. its own way, and men want to go and take care of you, which is lovely, and they if if that's what you need, and they want to feel that they can help provide for you. So even if you are, even if you think the new feminist man out there says, no, you go, you know, you go hunt and I'll stay home, which is you know, can great. You get, can you crack me a beer before you <laughs> shut the door? <laughs> but even if that, even I'm sure those men exist and I'm sure there's men that still exist the other way. My point is, what is my point? My point is that but men I think it would be really hard to date me and I think it would be really hard to date you. And I think oh, I I am with you on that. I agree because we are too opinionated and we don't we take care of ourselves. But I always choose work first. I don't. Well, I, I kind of do. do I'm, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, that's my you work don't have has a, somebody in your life to to give you a choice. Arlene, I had somebody in my life, and I and I was talking to girlfriends about this not so long ago. Like it was within the last six months of me being single. And we're sitting around, you know, having a nice meal and, and having a conversation. And the question came up was like, yeah, when were you single, like, before this? And I and I had this look on my face because I just said I hadn't been. How long have you been single for? I only, well, two, just over two years. Two but years. before that, I had been involved 
in a relationship for almost 30 years. Not the same relationship, ladies and gentlemen. Different relationships. And there was periods in there that were very promiscuous, right? Like no band member was safe. You know, that was early on. That was kind of like... But I feel like everyone was doing that, but maybe they weren't. No, they weren't. Just you were, but that's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> but, you know... You're, I sure wasn't. I wish I was. You're, uh, no, you don't. It's no, my I biggest don't. regret no, is, my, is being I promiscuous. I don't. I'm just kidding. Biggest regret is being promiscuous. But, once again, hand in hand with alcohol, you know, you don't make great decisions for yourself. And then you got to, you know, look at these guys the next day on the bus or in the bloody panel van or, you know, wherever you're going. And anyway... Those those days are behind me, but yeah, and I, I know that I've been um, very determined with work, and I love my work. And it's not to say that I love, you know, a, people less, but sometimes I'm just like I feel like I'm always towing the rope. That so, I'm always doing triage. That I'm always a fixer. That's who I am innately. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I. I, I don't heard, like. Yes. Same. Yes. Same. We're the same that way. Do you? Okay. You asked me. Are you? Are you trying to get fit to attract somebody? Maybe. Okay. Well, that's honest. I don't know. I don't feel like I am. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I lay in bed sometimes and go, God, is this? Is this what my life looks like? And, um. And I'm not I'm not saying that my job is any more pressing than anyone else's, but being in the public eye, as you are all the time, and how you what your appearance is um, is is somewhat important, I, I feel. I'm never gonna I mean I'm five foot three. I'm I'm never I'm five three and a half, I gotcha. Screw you. <laughs> I've never been looked at like this a sexual being anyway. Like, I know that. That's not my category. That's not why people listen to my music. That's not been, that's not been the, uh, any kind of catalyst to propel my work forward as a pop artist. It never has been part of the equation. It just hasn't been. You know, um, I, I think um, when I stopped drinking, one of the residual effects is that I started losing weight really quite quickly. And I was exercising and walking and doing all those things and eating better. And so all these things started happening at once. And one thing I did find that was very interesting is how people started talking to me, how the language was, because I, it took me a long, like a year and a half to realize I look quite different now than I did. She looked the same to me. And that and that's so great. And I do. I, and I don't mean, like, you know, I don't mean that physically. Of course you look different physically. But you are, I've never seen that, Jen. You know, I guess I, I yeah. I think that's something. I'm trying to think the first time we spoke at the, when we when I was doing something for CBC and, and uh, the radio show that I had there briefly, which was such a fun show to do. But I am, um, that you came in, I was probably hungover that day. I was probably hung over doing, you know, speaking with you. You did slur your words a little bit. <laughs> I did not. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't, but I didn't. I, I, but my point is that I, I don't know, like we've got to learn to see past the body. We've got to learn to see the person. And, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for all of us. But the biggest challenge is to look past the body for yourself. Yeah. You know, to look in the mirror and go, this is... Bodies come in every size, shape, color, texture, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, freckles, no freckles, 
you know, warts stretch and all, marks, stretch marks, scars, no stretch marks, cellulite. Right. I mean, and and we we can't judge, and and then some, you know, for whatever reason, and the lucky sperm club, the lucky gene club, the lucky whatever. Every once in a while, out pops. Do they have a, a website? Well, no, but out pops like the perfect person, right? With the eyes well balanced on their face and the beautiful lips. They're the ones that aren't normal. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, no offense to those of you who have all those things. Is how lucky are you? But how lucky am I that I have a body that functions, oh. that has forgiven me for all the abuse I've given it, you've that had, has let me. You've had kids. I have had many pregnancies. I've have I've had. But you know what? I think that's what we should be celebrating is that. How lucky are we to have bodies that allow us to live our lives, and that the body we have, we should take care of it. Well, that's. But I will I'm... never. I could exercise every day, for the next till the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I could have started exercising actually from the minute I was twelve to today, <laughs> and I will never be six foot two. No, I will never be a supermodel. I'll never have a supermodel's body. Mm-hmm. I will never look like a supermodel. So no matter what I do, this is the body I have, yes. and I've got to. I I think we all have to do a better job of accepting that. That is not a bad thing. I, I think the fashion industry has a lot to atone for. Yes, the way I agree. you know we are we are That's sold true. this this line of thinking every single day, and everything's so sexualized. So now we have these young women looking yeah. at things that are airbrushed to the ends of time. That they are literally already thin models are now taking them down. Thank God, there's a group of women. Actresses, I mean, people that are in theater, Jamie Lee sing, Curtis, and they're actually um, going. There's a few. You, of them. you yeah. around with my cover. Women are seeing that now. They're they're seeing the antithesis to that high fashion that those modeling world. And you ask any of those models, Arlene, they are starving themselves. And yeah. then even in the fashion industry itself, people are standing up and going, "We are not going to accept models. We're not going to work with models that are unhealthy." And and below a certain weight, like I'm I'm hearing that with some of the designers yeah, it's, that they it's won't, they're not. Women. I feel sorry for them that they have to feel that much pressure, but you know, it's not going to end. There's no quick fix to this. No, but, but I what, do. I do but think I, we all have to just. So what do you do? This is this is what do you do to make yourself feel better about you? How do you like embrace yourself, Arlene? Because I think women need women and men need to hear what. How do we start to accept? How we are, because let's face it, you know, life doesn't, your real life doesn't start when you have the perfect boyfriend or the perfect girlfriend or the right body or the perfect job. Real life is right now. It's this moment. What do we do right now? I think, Go. Ta- I think talking about it is important. Um, I think, I think you have to just, you have to allow yourself to not be perfect because perfection doesn't exist. And it's you'll always find something about yourself that you do don't like. You you watch the most beautiful people in the world, you know, through great genetics. Say, oh, I I, I wish my left eyebrow was a little higher. I wish you know whatever they say. They don't even like themselves. They're fo- that's right. People, no one can look at themselves and just say, I, I think I'm perfect because nobody is. And so I guess stop comparing yourself to others in a world that kind of begs you to compare yourself. So to how others. can you not make yourself? depressed when you go into a fitting like oh so, so let's go back to that Jen. So, yeah let's I just, go back to i that. do i want to know i was depressed not because i thought i thought other people thought about how i looked 
I thought I had made more progress. And okay. so to me, it was more a measurement for me that I hadn't come quite as far as I thought I'd come. And it was a, a little bit of an awakening that I still had a long way to go. But it wasn't because I was going, oh, what will the stylist think about me? Or, oh, you know, like whatever. I was only thinking about myself and how I felt about myself. And to me, I thought it was it was a good indicator for me that I still, you know what, this journey is a journey and I need to keep going and I need to do it. So I was, I was down. Like you said, lifestyle. A whole right, life change. Right, I changed my life. And I knew it's that I still had to do this right. So... You know, I, I but I, I think that's an important point to make. I wasn't upset because I thought, oh, those stylists are going, oh, she needs to lose some weight. It didn't even cross my mind. I just thought, huh, haven't come quite as far as I thought I had. Need to keep going. Depressing that I thought I was further than I am because that just means I might have to take a little longer to get where I need to get. And then I realized, as you said, it's a lifestyle. So you have to talk to yourself. You have to talk to yourself. You, you have, have to, talk to change yourself how you – the conversation that you have with yourself is the longest conversation you're ever going to have with anyone in your life. And you it's can the either – It's conversation. And it can be a lonely conversation, but it's meant to be. It's yeah. meant to be – you know, so many people are mortified about spending two hours by themselves. You know, they've got their kids and their family and their cousins and their sisters and their relatives and their workmates. And, you know, for, for most people to find – a couple of hours in a day where they're by themselves, where they're quiet, where they're able to hear the voice in their head instead of this cacophony of, you know, people talking to you from every possible direction. I know for me, what has been so important, not only for my work and to be able to write and to be able to be creative, which I'm, very, I'm sure is very similar for you, you have to have time to sort through what's the information you've been given in a day. You can't do that with 50 people yelling at you. Um, but for me, it's just been those moments of, I don't know if you want to call it a connection with a higher power or the universe or nature or whatever it is that inspires you and grounds you. You have to be able to be by yourself. You have to be able to spend time by yourself. It has been the reason why I've been able to maintain my my routine and and not stop like I know I won't stop I'm not going to ever stop now how I'm living my life I'm never going to go back to who that was like as far as I'm concerned she's doesn't exist anymore for me you've reinvented yourself I got you know I don't think I've been I've been I have not been in a full-time relationship for six years now and I've dated in that period of time but I haven't been in a another longer term relationship in that period of time and a couple of days ago, I was eating, I think I was eating chicken, and a bone got stuck in my throat. And I think that is, I'm going to be, that might be the first time in my, in that you six years that, that I wish somebody mic. was there. Because I thought, I was gonna, it scary? It was scary because I was by myself and I thought, huh, I don't have anybody who could like knock that out of my, if that, if that gets stuck oh. in my throat. And then I thought, well, I guess I could call nine one one. But if by the time I call nine one one, all this was going through my head while I was like, <laughs> you, know, you got to learn how to give yourself trying, a tracheotomy. Got to learn how to give myself but, stick the big the big pan in your but throat. But isn't that funny? How you know I, that's the thought that went through my mind, which is, huh? I guess you do need people around once in a while because you could choke on a 
chicken bone. Well, you know, if there is not a lot, not a lot of vegans choking on chicken bones. Okay, I know well, that. Okay, well, you okay, maybe a soybean no, or something. Could no, get you can. In your I'm telling you, you could you could choke on your own spit, and there's people that have died. Literally choking on their own spit. So don't you don't need to be hard on yourself. It doesn't matter what you're eating. Um, very, very easy thing to do. People don't realize. I I have choked on drinking water, like just drinking water quickly after a workout. Like I, I know this is a very strange conversation and where we're kind of going, but it's true. And I those those moments cross my mind. It's usually from between three o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning before that very early summer sun starts to creep through the windows. But I am. Um, you work out at four in the morning. I don't, but I'm just laying in bed. No. And you know, a lot of times waiting for the sun to come up so that I can stop being on this wheel of thinking all these irrational thoughts. And and they a lot of them do deal with how do I go forward by myself? Is this what my life looks like? Um, what? Who will I meet? How will I meet them? Um, you know, it's just there's a lot of there's See, a lot of scary I, I, things. I, I, that, that doesn't go through I, my mind. It's not always, but it does cross my well, mind. I think it's because you've only been alone for a couple of years. At some point, that becomes. But your, I'm liking it. Like I right, I, but it, but I'm saying it, it comes. It, fine. And I'm not ready. I'm not ready no, to, for a relationship at all. I'm just not. I'm not there. I think you are. I think I, if someone came into your life, you would be going, "Hey." And I think uh, that's true for me. If the right person came into my life, so I said earlier, I'm 98% happy. Why would I mess that up? But if the right person came along, of course I would. Like, of course. And I, I but I need somebody who. You have a big life. I do. You so have do a you. big life. So, so how, you know, whoever's going to walk into that. That's not nice. We just <laughs> finished talking about body Does this image. microphone make me look fat? We just finished talking <laughs> about body image. No, I, I, uh. You're right. Whoever's going well, to walk into that candies. meets... Well, we're sitting I have here eaten eating candies. Maybe one gummy worm. I, I have had like 10. This week, I'm going to read you I'm going to read you my steps this week. Oh my god. Only because I need somebody to Ladies tell and me. Gentlemen, I need somebody to if say I, those good, Fitbits, I'm going to punch job. people in it's the not throat. It's a Fitbit, it's just my phone. I know, but if I hear the steps, oh, if people honest to god think now, just before you tell me what your steps no, are, if they mind, get I'm up to 10,000 effing steps, that they can suddenly eat a barrel of chicken and potato salad and six beers. Like okay, the step, so what the, the wrong step with that? thing has I been. I did not have six beers. I only had four. I didn't. <laughs> well, this step thing is a nightmare, as far as no, I'm concerned, I, because I, people are they're suddenly realizing, oh, I have got extra 800 calories to eat. No, you don't. You lunatic. Did I say anything about calories that I was? I just no, was saying I'm, that I was walking. Sorry, I, I feel I feel like I'm losing Never mind, my temper. I don't even want to. I want to hear. No, no, I am. Arlene, no. The heck with you. It was a lot of steps. Okay. Well, th- we have to I, stop. We've, ta- we've talked enough about bodies. Have another candy. For a year. I, I don't want to have Do you another know what? candy. We are never going to stop talking about bodies because this no. is an ongoing thing. But to all you, just to wrap this up, to all you women and to all you men, younger people, and I'm talking about if you're, God forbid, if you're a teenager don't listening to this, get out and get a life. Do stop listening to us you. and get out there and meet some nice people and go bowling Go for a hike. Bowling. Go get a Slurpee at Seven Eleven. They're no, fantastic. They're Whatever. <laughs> but for all of you other people, like from twenty onward, you know what? You're never going to stop being hard on yourself. But you can find a respite from that. You can, if you can find an hour a day where you're just like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm all right. You, your body hears that. I really think it resonates. I think it, it's something that can 
really change because that one hour can turn into two hours the next day, and that two hours can turn into three. And I have to say that I have way more good days in a week than bad. And I, I really do. I, I think I, th- I feel good, and I, and I'm proud of myself. And that's hard for me to even say, because it's hard for me to say that I'm proud of myself. I you should be. You did, well, you've done amazing. You've, you've and, been, and you've been in, like I like. Listen, I know we always say that we don't want to be. Uh, we, we're friends of each other, mm-hmm. but you should be proud of yourself. You inspired me. Maybe I've inspired so somebody, glad. and that person will inspire exactly. somebody, and and so on and so on. And then pretty soon you've got a, a hair commercial because everybody they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends. Oh my god! Everybody'll tell two friends. If and, you guys don't remember that commercial, then you shouldn't be listening to us either. Okay, so today's topic has been body image. Jan and I have been talking about why so many people struggle with unrealistic expectations for their body. But I got to tell you, Jan, that I hope our conversation is reigniting other conversations because there is nothing Mm -hmm. like being honest with a friend and talking about everything and not being afraid to say what you're really feeling at the moment. And I really appreciate that. The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. 